Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 32. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jacob. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me, go for this, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Penuel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. The theologian C.S. Lewis once famously stated this. It's a great quote. I did not go to religion to make me happy. I always knew that a bottle of port, that is wine, would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly do not recommend Christianity. End quote. Now, what C.S. Lewis rightly understood was that when a person becomes a Christian, the real battle begins. We've covered this many times before, but we need to hear it again. When you become a Christian, the real battle begins. Dear friends, many people wrongly believe that when a person is baptized and converted to Christianity, that they can then take it easy. Like someone who has arrived in a safe harbor after a stormy voyage, as if the soul is forever safe and never need fear any shipwreck. I'm a Christian. I no longer struggle. Let's fly a kite. All is well. Well, it is true that there is rest in Christ, no condemnation in Christ, peace from the present and the future wrath of God. The rest does not mean that there is rest from ongoing struggles. That is to say, it is somewhat misleading to speak of Christianity in a way to imply that Christians do not experience scrapes and bruises and bumps and bruises. For when we are baptized, when we are converted, the real struggle actually begins. Now, if we were baptized, converted, and taken unto Jesus immediately, we were converted and baptized and then snap with the finger, we go to heaven, glory, paradise, it would be true. Indeed, it would be true that the Christian life is without struggle. However, after baptism, and conversion, 
We Christians live this life in this veil of tears, this valley of tears, life under the sun. We're not immediately zipped and zapped to heaven, but remain in the here and the now. This means that as we live this life in this veil of tears, we continue to live with the constant struggle against our sinful nature, the struggle to put this sinful nature to death. Furthermore, we are continually attacked by the world and to boot the devil himself. This means that if we do not continue to battle against these great adversaries, we risk falling under their control and all is lost. Resistance is a must. The battle is on. Now, even though we struggle against the sinful nature of the world and the devil, which we have established many, many times, which is good for us to hear yet again, there is yet another struggle that has yet not been mentioned. This struggle is rather difficult for us to accept, for us to hear, to embrace. The struggle that I speak of is the struggle with God himself. Yes, this other struggle is the struggle with God himself, as the ancient theologians used to call it. It is a holy anguish with God. Indeed, a holy anguish, a holy struggle. We actually see this struggle with God, this holy anguish, this holy struggle in our Old Testament reading this morning from Genesis. In our Old Testament reading, we hear about Jacob wrestling with God. Jacob is returning home after 20 years of being away, and then one night, not just any ordinary man, but the Lord of glory, God himself, confronts Jacob. Long story short, they wrestled down in the dirt, fighting all night long, ultimately resulting in the Lord blessing Jacob. In other words, in our Old Testament reading, our Old Testament reading from this morning, we hear about God dealing rather cruelly, yes, cruelly, with Jacob. It could be said that the Lord was just playing around with Jacob. However, to Jacob, it was much more than just a mere play. It was anguish. For starters, Jacob did not know at first whom he was wrestling with. He did not know the outcome of the fight. His face was obviously scraped up from the rough earth, and his hip was eventually put out of joint. But what does all this mean? The answer is this. Like Jacob, the Christian, you, will experience holy anguish in the Christian faith, a wrestling match with God from time to time. You see, Jacob did it physically, whereas you and I will experience this wrestling with God when God uses different circumstances, yes, when God uses different circumstances of life to put our faces into the ground and to figuratively put our hips out of joint. To rephrase this, contrary to what Jacob may have thought at the time, the Lord wanted to make Jacob a fighter, to teach him tenacity, to teach him faithfulness. Jacob was already God's child of the promise. He had already, yes, he had already spoken with God and received God's assurance. Jacob, he had the promise. He wasn't lacking anything. But he still had fear. So God came to wrestle with him and to drive out fear and gift him faith upon faith. And like God coming to wrestle with Jacob, God, he comes, yeah, he comes, comes to you and me. Not to destroy us, indeed, not to destroy us, but to train and strengthen us in the faith. So he gives you and me 
holy anguish. Now, considering this, it's sometimes difficult to discern whether our anguish comes from the flaming arrows of the devil or the mocking voice of the world or the self-centered old Adam or from God himself. Regardless of the source of our anguish, regardless of the source of our affliction, though, the better question is to ask this. What does this anguish, what does this affliction, what does this suffering serve? Now, dear friends, the devil, he tries to kill and steal and destroy your faith, our faith. The world attempts to pull us into its blowing winds of vanity. The sinful old Adam endeavors to turn our selfish attitude inward even more. The Lord, he disciplines us, he refines us, and he presses upon us. This can all come about, can all come about in the forms of affliction and poverty and sickness and death and disgrace and misfortune and darkness, darkness of the soul. It can feel like we are alone and that even God is not treating us like his beloved children, but rather an enemy. Regardless, though, of the source of this affliction, regardless of the anguish we're experiencing, all these afflictions, all this suffering, they serve the same goal. And get this, that goal is this, is to run you and me back the other way to security and confidence in the Lord himself. All of this affliction, all of this holy anguish, they are meant to drive us back to the Lord's word and sacraments. So when the devil, when he comes along, when he comes to you, which he certainly will, to kill and steal and destroy your faith, my friends, run back to Christ. Run back to Christ and confess this. I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me. I am baptized, making the sign of the cross. I am baptized. Go back to hell where you belong, evil one. You cannot devour me. I will not fear you. I am a Christian. I am baptized. When the floaty and empty ideologies of the world attempt to sweep you into falsehood, run back to Christ's word and confess. I'm not so easily enticed by your blind speculations, O world. I'm not so easily enticed by your floaty, unrealistic desires, O foolish world, for I'm captive to the word of God. And when your sinful flesh hungers and thirsts for that which is sin, Run back to Christ. Make the sign of cross again and again and again. Remembering that you are marked in Christ, one of the redeemed, that you are baptized and you confess this. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And when the Lord disciplines you and refines you, when you are experiencing holy anguish, even if the Lord should cast you into the depths of hell and place you in the midst of devils, you shall believe and know that you are saved because you have been baptized, you've been absolved, the pledge of salvation has been given to you, the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Supper are for you. And so you make that sign of the cross. You remember who you are in spite of the circumstances, saying, I belong to the Lord and he belongs to me. Full stop. And so, dear baptized saints, are you experiencing trials? 
and temptations, experiencing pain and fear and affliction, worry, loneliness, darkness, the pits of hell and evil and discipline and refinement, pain and struggle and so forth. If you are experiencing this, hear this. Christ is here for you in his word. He is here for you to be poured into your ears. Here is Christ in the true body and blood for you, for your forgiveness, for your blessing, for your comfort, for your strength, so that you may know that the Lord is with you in spite of the circumstances you are going through. Dear baptized saints, when trials and temptations and pain and fear and affliction and worry and darkness and hell and evil and discipline and refinement and misfortune and disgrace come at you, you as the afflicted shall live not by sight, but by faith. Faith that clings to Christ and his gifts, which are already yours today. From faith we see and we receive, indeed from faith we see and receive Christ in the midst of everything that comes at us in life. From faith we see the righteousness of Christ that is yours, that is mine, and from faith hope is renewed in the coming glory of the kingdom of God. And so dear saints, Know this, your flesh and your heart, they may fail. Your lives may go upside down. Your bones may become brittle. Afflictions may come and go. Holy anguish may press down and release. The flaming arrows may fly high or low. However, the Lord is the strength of your heart and is indeed yours forever. That is true. He will not forsake you. He drives you back to himself so that you may rest in him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you. Hallelujah.